Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. journey because this is the review that will later let us do the review of our favorite game of all time yeah it's true we are here today to talk about earthbound earthbound beginnings or earthbound zero or or mother, mother. or mother one depending on yeah I think I'll just go with Mother One. I can see why this title could have been a marketing problem <laughs> if they had just used it in the United States. Yeah, so, it's all. <clears throat> I think of I think of like a horror game when you where think your mother, mother is trying to kill you, as opposed to being a love letter to Mother Earth. Exactly. So anyway, we will begin mm. with personal history. first played this game in the summer of 1989 in an alternate dimension um, where this went on to become one of the greatest selling RPG franchises of all time. Um, we just experienced the release of the 17th sequel last fall, um, which I am currently enjoying, and um, that's pretty much my history with the Mother series. I'm actually very jealous of Russ and his alternate history existence. I would love to live in a world where Earthbound had so many sequels. Um, I, like most normal human beings, probably did not play this game until after Earthbound. Uh, simply because, A, it didn't come out in the U.S. There was They translated it, they were going to release it, and then they went, eh, fantasy games aren't selling. So you could, buy, you could find the ROM, the translated ROM online, still can, easily. But it was never officially released in the U.S. Uh, I tried to play it multiple times because of how much I loved Earthbound. But I kept getting scared away by the intense amount of grinding this game requires. So, uh, this was my very first time to play the game all the way through. Eighty years ago, a couple was kidnapped by aliens. Using the psychic powers the aliens gave them, one of them was able to escape and find his way back to Earth. Now, one of the aliens has returned to Earth, and the fate of the world is at stake, and only the great-grandchild of the original abductees, along with his friends, can possibly save the world. Dun-dun-dun. And who are these brave children? That's us? a dramatic beginning. Yes. That's a really dramatic beginning story for such a whimsical game. 
Well, Earthbound was much the same. Yeah. So the brave children are Nintin, which I, <laughs> I never actually call him Nintin. I always did. But um, but his name is Nintin, um, and he's a he's what like twelve, twelve year old boy living near near the town of Podunk. And along the way, he makes friends with Anna. He, he, well, yeah, I was going to talk about Pippi first, because I love Pippi. Talk about Pippi first. <laughs> I wish Pippi could stay in your party through the whole game. Pippi is a little girl who is literally Pippi Longstocking. And you which, find her hiding in a tomb in a graveyard overrun with zombies. Yeah. Um, I think the Japanese had kind of a obsession with Pippi Longstocking back in the day. I believe that's true, actually. So, but she was so strong when she joined you for the limited amount of time that she joined you. She's so strong. And I just wanted to keep her. But instead of her, you get Anna um, and then Lloyd and Teddy, the muscle man. For those of you who've played Earthbound but not Mother One, which I'd imagine is a decent percentage, Ninten is basically Ness. Anna is basically Paula, fighting with frying pans and psychic powers in a pink frilly dress. Uh, Lloyd is basically Jeff, no psychic powers, fighting with guns. Yes. Oh. Uh, Teddy is completely original. He's yes. a gang leader who, turns out, joins you actually fairly briefly mm-hmm. in the long run. And then don't forget Eve. Oh yes, Eve. Eve, the giant supermassive robot that joins you <laughs> for a while. And just destroys every enemy you encounter. Which still makes me think now of Wally, Aww. even though it's not like comparable, <laughs> but it's a robot named Eve. Uh, for me, I found the fo- the story was very unfocused. Yeah, like it starts out with that dramatic information that I gave you, and then you just go, and basically you just go from one town to the next to the next to the next, and then it's the end boss. There's not a very clear sense of why you're doing what you're doing. There is a story, but it's not a driving story. No, it's definitely not. I didn't know where to go or what to do a lot of the time. I ended up, early in the game, I ended up doing the whole part with Pippi in the graveyard and fighting the first, like, Starman guy and all of that before going to the Canary Village. Yeah. Which I think is what you're actually supposed to go do first. Uh, no, I did the graveyard first I don't, as well. Oh, okay. I, because I guess when I back. When I went back and was looking at a walkthrough, they're like, first, just go to the Canary Village. And I didn't even know that existed. There, There is a good story to this, but it's sort of hidden. And it's not until you almost beat the game that you actually get the full story of what happened and why it's happening and why you've done all the things you've done. Uh, you're collecting melodies from all over the world, like in Earthbound, except you don't know why until near the very end. Um... It just the st- it was unsatisfying in that way, just because of how unfocused it was. No guidance, no clue what you were really supposed to yeah. be doing next. You just kind of stumbled from one scenario to the next to the next, and then the boss fight really felt like it came out of nowhere. The end yeah. boss is like, <laughs> oh, here's the end boss. Okay, I guess I beat the game. What? Yep. The 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 end boss wasn't really built up to be a menace to fight. 
You didn't you didn't go through the game knowing I gotta power up so I can fight this guy and save right. the world. You don't even really know that you're saving the world. In Earthbound, Gigas is a looming threat. Yes. Through the whole game. That's why all the people are acting crazy. You're encountering and, his minions. Right. Uh, you you know it's up to you to save the world from him. And again, in Earthbound you also go from town to town. Each town you go to, you solve a problem they're having. And then they propel you to the next town. But there's a greater sense that what you're doing serves the greater purpose. Yeah. Whereas in this one, you don't know if there's a greater purpose. So I, it has a good story, but it the way it's relayed to us is faulty. Right. You know, we you it's have to dig those, and search for the you story. You do. It's one of those where you rely a lot on supplemental materials <laughs> to get the specifics of the story. Once you get near the very end of the game, the game goes, oh, by the way... Here's the plot to everything that's happened to you. <laughs> oh! Well, now things make sense. Thanks! Did you have anything else to say about the characters or the story? No. They're, they're all... <laughs> they all just wish that they could be Earthbound slash Mother 2 characters. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be a running theme for this episode. So, next we'll move on to the combat system. not a lot to talk about in the combat system no um it's a and i've used this before as a template where i say a fairly standard menu based system like dragon warrior but that covers 90 percent of the combat in the, in yeah. fact 99 percent of the combat in this is covered by saying dragon warrior yeah you don't see your character's faces you attack the enemies on the screen through the menu um like earthbound uh, it's psychic powers instead of magic. Mm -hmm. What I did find a little bit interesting was that you don't just gain the psychic powers when you level up. There seems to be a combination of being at a certain level and fighting a certain number of battles. Right. Because sometimes it'd be like, I just fought five, I leveled up five battles ago and now I've learned a new psychic You're power. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if you try to attack, if you are assigned to attack an enemy that's already been defeated, you whiff. Which I hate. Final Fantasy One does that. Uh -huh. I hate that. And all the NES Dragon Warriors do that. <sighs> yeah. Thank God we're not playing any of those ever again. Uh, well. da, 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 da. Um, da, there is nothing inspired or interesting about the combat system. There's really not, and it's the combat system that kept me from playing the game at first, because I feel like each new area that you get to there's like a difficulty wall <laughs> it's like you get really used to fighting the enemies in this area and then you get to the next area a bit like dragon quest the, one yes and the enemies like spike in difficulty and then you have to like grind to build yourself back up there is a lot of grind and when you first start the game i mean enemies right outside your door can kill you in like two hits this game is not kind but this Again, you have to consider the time and age when it came out. Grinding was very common in these early NES games because otherwise the game would have been very short. Yeah. I, I honestly think that was the idea, is to make the person feel like they paid for the full experience. I mean, that's why all NES games are so hard. Or else you would be playing. <laughs> you would be there is a having theory. spend $60 for a game that takes you 15 minutes. Uh, now, I don't know how true this is or whether or not it's apocryphal. And it's a little off topic, but... The reason for Nintendo Hard, I read a paper that mm -hmm. said it had to do with rental outlets, like Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Nintendo 
was worried about losing money on video games to places where you could just pay five bucks to rent a game. So they wanted to make sure their games were so hard that you couldn't beat them in like the two or three days that you would rent it from. You needed to own the game to beat it. That makes a lot of sense. The more you know. Like I said, I don't know if that's 100% true, but uh, the paper I read made a very compelling argument. It makes total sense. Did you have anything else to add to the combat? Not really. The only combat that, is Only just... that it was grindy and it was... It was fine. It was just frustrating every time you got to a new level or a new area and then you had to scale that wall of difficulty again. And the combat itself was as vanilla as humanly possible. There's nothing new or interesting To here. its credit, to me, it's relaxing. I guess. It's, if you enjoy grinding, it's yeah. It's repetitious, and I've never had a problem grinding in games. I Repetition can be very relaxing to me. I get bored. Even though I'm playing these games usually while watching something else, I get bored with grinding. So let's move on to something that this game actually does do well. Innovations. The look of this game is very minimalist. Yeah. It almost looks unfinished in places. <laughs> like, really, the first time I played the ROM, I was like, well, clearly they didn't finish making this game. <laughs> and I had a hard time believing, like, the whole game is here? Really? Yeah. It's... And I know Earthbound gets a lot of flack for its character design, too. Or its visual design. But it's a specific... It's, it's, it's intentional. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an interesting choice. And you get used to it after a while, but it is a little off-putting at first. It really does not look like they finished designing the look of the game. Yeah. But after a while, it does kind of take up its own charm. Its own unique. And unique to an NES game, I'll say this. The movement is very fluid. Yeah. <laughs> you can move diagonally. Right. You're not moving square by square. You the you flow through the landscape m much more smoothly than and I the would have expected. The world has kind of a diagonal slant. Yeah. So you're <laughs> you're you should be moving diagonally at all times. But uh, almost every other NES RPG is you know blocky one square right. at a time. Nope. This one you can go in all directions and just walk around and have fun. My pet peeve again, there's no way of knowing what equipment is better than yes. what other equipment until you put it on and check your stats. This game also does a weird thing where, like, most of the equipment you're going to use, you can't buy. Mm -hmm. Because everything that you can buy, you can buy pretty much from the beginning of the game. Which, I, it was, it's True. just, it's very strange. I was expecting the plethora of food. <laughs> that Earthbound has that you would be able to buy to, for, you know, HP and PP regeneration, but this has, like, orange juice. Yeah. And the weapons are... It's just... It's very strange not to go to a new town. Because the first thing you do when you get to a new town in any RPG right. is, let's see what's in the weapon shop. No. No, not here. No. It's the same stuff you bought in the last town. Like, you better find treasure chests, because... And it was weird, too. There's a dungeon early on in the game where you find one of the most powerful weapons for a character you're not going to get for 20 hours. <laughs> if you hold on to it and then give it to him when he joins your party, why? But what, I've never known another game that did that. Here's right. this super powerful weapon for a character you haven't met yet. Hold on to that. These games are a lot about friends you haven't met yet. Yes, that's true. Uh... Also, inventory management. Isn't it fun? 
Like Earthbound, every individual character has a limited inventory. Except I really think it's more limited than Earthbound. Yeah, definitely. There's it's more, very there's tight. Slots. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the equip when you equip something, it no longer counts as taking up a spot. But it's also very difficult to tell what you've got equipped. Huh. Any new party members that join your party? Level 1. Right. Which is frustrating considering the amount of grinding. But Earthbound did that. So like, grind, 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 move, grind, 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 move, and level 1. <laughs> Alright! Back to the beginning of the game! Grind, 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 grind. But that makes sense logically. They haven't been on the adventure yet. I know, but it's it's frustrating. Like, really? I got this new party member and he can't do jack. Um... Trying to think if there's if we've got anything else. The final boss fight, as is typical you of the mother got. series of games, <laughs> the final boss fight is unique and interesting. It is done differently than all the uh-huh. other fights. Uh, mother one, mother two, mother three—they all make their boss fight different. It's not about beating up the final bad guy. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I like that. I, I do like got that. to sing. You have to sing. sing the eight melodies to the final boss because that was the lullaby that your grandmother used to sing it. Mm-hmm. And it drives it crazy. Yep. Um, and then you said you wanted to talk about the, the monsters. Just about the enemies. I didn't bring that up when we talked about the combat. But the, the enemies in this game are obviously because this is a game that takes place in a modern world. That's supposed to be like a 1980X. Well, yeah, modern, yeah, modern for the 1980s. So the enemies are not the typical like slimes and dragons and things that you see in um, other Dragon, War- or in Dragon Warrior or other games like that. They're um, like a hillbilly farmer that wants to stab you with a pitchfork. Some dude named Wally. Or, right. <laughs> Just some guy named Wally keeps attacking you. Um, members of the KKK. Timely. Um, Gang members. The hippie guy. The police at one point. Yes. Uh-huh. So I liked the enemies. They're definitely... Aliens. A, yes. Robots. Right. Um, animals. The star men. Elephants. The tigers. They're a precursor to the even better crazy strange enemies that we got in Earthbound. So Again, this review is this game's yeah, almost I Earthbound. Know. I liked the crow that's smoking a cigar. Yes, the bad crow. Yeah. Um so the enemy I liked the enemies. The, the seeing the new enemies was um interesting when you had to do all that grinding again. <laughs> I was sad that Wally did not get a story where he came back in the next one and the next right. one. Right. Yeah. There was no evolution of there Farmer was not Wally. Like son of Wally. Yeah. Or... I feel like they dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. Now we're going to move on to a topic that we actually are kind of prepared to talk about music. The music. <laughs> Say, Russ, who were the composers? Some Japanese people. Hey Russ, <laughs> who are the composers? Say it again. Hey Russ, <laughs> who are the composers? Composers for Mother One were Keiichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. They sound fascinating. What did they do other than Mother One? Um, Hiro's, 
uh, T Tanaka did quite a few games. He composed Metroid, Kid Icarus, um, Super Mario Land, Tetris, Dr. Mario, and Pokemon. But what about that other fellow? What did he do musically? The, <laughs> the other fellow composed uh, movie soundtracks and was a member of the Moonriders, a Japanese pop band, rock band, excuse me. So, um, for once, I The Moonriders are my favorite band. I don't know how I didn't know that. <laughs> for once, I almost feel equipped to talk about the music. Because the Mother series has amazing music, and Mother 1 was the genesis of most of the tunes. In fact, many of the tunes, almost all of the tunes in Mother 1, transfer over into Earthbound, and then most of those show up again in Mother 3. Uh... And I don't. I asked Russ this before we started filming. I don't know how commonplace this was. I am holding here an LP of an orchestrated version of the soundtrack to Mother One. This is not a new release. It's a it's a new pressing, but this came out in '89 as well. The music for the Nintendo game, the Famicom game, was so popular that they got an orchestra to record the soundtrack and add lyrics. Weirdly enough, English lyrics. This is not an English translation. The lyrics are in English. And they, they had a young, uh, a young lady whose name now eludes me, even though normally I know her name, and I feel really bad about that, uh, sing the song. Sing all the songs. There's lyrics. This is how popular the music to Mother One is. Uh, the music itself largely relates to themes of a hope and friendship and love and joy um all the ingredients of a good horror film Catherine warwick is her name i swear i didn't find it here i just finally remembered her name is Catherine warwick um it sometimes gets derided as being a little too schmaltzy a little too cutesy and frenzy but honestly in this day and age it's somewhat refreshing yeah. to find something that focuses so much on the positivity of what we could be, of being friends together and facing adversity and friendship with our friends by our side. Um, I'm not going to say it's perfect because it is a little over the top, but I kind of like that about it because nowadays games have to be deep and dramatic and dark, and this game is unapologetically uplifting. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what's fun is there are a couple of songs in here that do not show up in the rest of the Mother franchise. And it was kind of like finding ge little hidden gems that I'd never heard before. Because I love Earthbound music. I've got 11 albums of Earthbound music remixes on my iPod. <laughs> it is the music I listen to when I'm writing because it puts me in a good, happy mental place and it lets me focus on what I'm doing. Uh, I know I don't usually talk about music, but... Uh, for me, the music of Mother and Earthbound are music to remind you of the good times of childhood, the happy times. I'm the Clint. You're very passionate about uh, the soundtrack. I am passionate about the music um, because it speaks to me. It makes me happy. It lifts me up. Uh I just, I love the music. You should check it out. You can go on YouTube. You can find soundtracks. Uh, you can probably, there is a company called Ship to Shore. They 
released this. They no longer sell it on LPs, but they do still sell a CD version. You can go get it. It's The orchestral versions are pretty amazing. Which I have. The singing is interesting. I gave it to you. I know. Yeah. Uh, and then the last soundtrack on the album is actually music from the game. So it's kind of chiptunes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Mother One soundtrack is absolutely worth tracking down and listening to it. Uh, it is a little schmaltzy. It is a little over the top. But embrace it. I think he may like it. Roll with it. I'm not sure. Russ, did you want to talk about the soundtrack? Eh. I, it was I, okay. Russ and I aren't friends anymore. No, it is amazing. I don't think that I will go on quite that diatribe, <laughs> but it is great. <laughs> Well, it, this is pretty much the only occasion we're going to have where I can substantively talk about the music of the game we played. I can tell you the themes, the motifs, the point, and I can't do that with any other game we've played. The running joke for the longest time uh, when we had Lauren with us. Uh, Lauren has moved on to other projects. We wish her the best of luck. She's got her hands in a thousand different projects. Uh but she would talk about music from games, and my response would always be, there was music in that game? Yeah. Because I'm immune to music for the most part. But this I get. But not here. This I get. I He's get the music to work lost his mind. And Mother 1. And Mother 3, to a lesser extent. Um, and a lot of it's the nostalgia that's tied up with the, from when I first heard the music and having a happy childhood as I did. Uh, anyway, this is... I could go on forever, so we should probably stop. You could go on forever, couldn't so, you? Let's do our final thoughts and finish this <laughs> review out, shall we? So I would give this game a B. Um, and a lot of that has to do with my love of Earthbound. I don't know that I would have super been into this game if it had not followed up with the amazing game that came after it. Um, so the the B is probably generous um, and based on my experience and love for another game. I know that sounds very weird. Um, the game does have its good qualities. I actually kind of like grinding. Um, it's kind of soothing to me. <laughs> So I enjoyed that, but if you don't like grinding, that's definitely not for you. Um, and just for all of the reasons that we've already talked about, I would probably give it like a C if it wasn't for Earthbound um, that came after it, because this is a game that literally just wants to be Earthbound. Um, you, you play this one to have a knowledge of what came before when you play a much better game. Um, but we're still going to go with Solid B. I wanted to love this game. I wanted to find in this game the roots of a game that is so near and dear to me that it's almost a part of who I am. I did not. Um, I think Russ is being generous with the B. I can give it a C+. This game is on my list of games that I'm never going to play again. We beat it. I'm done. I never have to go back to this game again. I don't like grinding. The grinding is not for me. I am very much a story person, and while the game has a good story, it's hidden. It's a secret. Uh, part of playing the game is 
hoping you'll stumble over the story, the reason you are in the game. The best parts of this game are the parts that are the seeds of Earthbound, a superior game. And that's probably unfair. Russ and I have done it this entire review, spent the entire time comparing this game to another game, and that's probably unfair. Um, I am glad this game existed because it did give rise to Earthbound. The parts I like about this game are the parts that are done better in Earthbound. This is a game... Maybe it was limitations. Because when I was studying for the music, I found that one of the composers had an issue with the fact that the Nintendo could only play three notes at a time. And that severely limited what he wanted to do with the music. And maybe that was one of the problems with this game as a whole, is it was overly ambitious for the console it was on. And maybe that's part of the reason why Earthbound is so similar in so many respects, because it's this game done right. It's this game done the way they wanted. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not an enjoyable experience to play this game. There are good things in it. There are things I enjoy. I'm, but not enough for me to ever pick it up again. So there you go. Our review of a game that is not Earthbound. But almost tried to be. So you lost your mind over the music. <laughs> I, but other than that, you will never play this game ever again. I love the music. I, I love the quirkiness of the characters. I, I actually, I like the story. I just wish it was more prevalent. Right, not the way that it was executed. The story is actually very interesting. And it is different from Earthbound. It yeah. is unique. Mm -hmm. The idea that Aliens abducted these people. They managed to escape, and one of them managed to escape and find their way home. The aliens were then concerned about humanity having access to these psychic powers, so came to take back the people. But it was 80 years later. The psychic powers have been inherited by the grandson, who now stops the alien from destroying the world to prevent these psychic powers from spreading by singing him the lullaby that his grandma used to sing to the alien to put it to sleep. It's a good story. It's an interesting story. It has potential. Except they hide it from you. Yeah. You spend most of the game not knowing why you're doing anything you're doing. And Magicant works differently in this game. It's not the land inside Ness's mind. It's the land inside his grandmother's mind. Which, and you have to save her from it. it there are some really interesting story elements. But they are hidden. And I love stories. You do love stories. Oh. Um, so, yeah, that's... There are elements of this game that I love, but they do not overwhelm the parts I can't stand. Are you having an existential stand. crisis? <laughs> I'm torn, because like I said, there's, <laughs> there's some really good parts. Yeah. And then there's some really awful parts, and I feel like the awful parts are winning. For right. me. But that's because I can't stand grind. Maybe if I enjoy grinding like you do, the yeah, balance could tip a little. Yeah, I find grinding relaxing. So if you want to play this... There are really two good options if you're an English speaker, which we're just assuming you are. We're assuming you can't read Japanese, because then you've got a lot more options. Uh, the, there is that ROM that has been floating around the internet forever. It's the translated ROM. You can play it in an emulator. But if you want to do it right, if you want to give Nintendo money for the Mother franchise, which does deserve your money, this game is not the greatest example, but 2 and 3 are pretty amazing. Yes. You can buy Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U Virtual Console. <laughs> so, basically, you can't get it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
And that was the weirdest announcement, by the way. So, in case you're not aware, uh, Mother 3 never came out in America either. It still hasn't, officially. Right. And fans have been desperate for it for like 10 years, pleading and begging Nintendo to release it here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. There have been campaign drives it and was, phone-ins yeah. and... There's been so much trying to get Nintendo to release this game. Uh, a professional video game translator called Tomato, at least that's his online name, did create an English translation that you can download and play of Mother 3. And tried to sell it to Nintendo. No, he offered it to them for free. Oh, he did offer He said, you can have free. it for free, and if it's somehow in the wrong format, I will reformat it for you for free. I will translate this game for you for free if you'll just release it. And Nintendo has not done it. And then, a couple of years ago... It was on the at, first day of E3. What yeah. during some tournament where kids yeah. were playing some game, a Nintendo representative comes out, grabs the mic, and goes, "By the way, Mother One is now available on the Wii U Virtual <laughs> Console as Earthbound Beginnings." Drop the mic and walk off. And all at once, an entire fandom of people went, "What? Huh? <laughs> like what's happening?" Thanks. That's the game we never asked for. We spent years asking for three, and you just gave us one. Th thanks. I and mean, they only did it because I'm sure they found it in a yeah, because it had already been translated box somewhere. <laughs> it was just the weirdest announcement ever. It came out of nowhere. It was announced in a weird place at a weird time, mm -hmm. and all of all across the country, thousands of Earthbound fans went. So for the eight of you that still have a Wii U functioning on your television, you can now. I'm ready. The seven of you, because one of you is here. I'm ready. Let's you can play Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U Virtual Console. You might be better treated in trying to track down the soundtrack. You might get a better experience <laughs> that way. Um, all right, so that's it for Mother One. What are we playing next time, Russ? Next time... It's your choice. Are, you get to pick. Yeah, we are. And I picked something... That I know you'll like because it has a great battle system. Something it's, innovative and different and new really and fresh. It's really innovative. It's really different. I'm excited. I think we'll have a lot to talk about in our innovations category. What could this innovative game that's completely unlike yeah. Earthbound be, or unlike Mother 1 right. be? It is Dragon Warrior 2 on the NES. Son of a bitch. on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaur productions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you. No, let's do product placement like in um, soap operas.
Are you ready and excited to do this review today, Jeff? Would you like a little snack before we begin? Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I'm hungry, too. <laughs> I picked up a, pa a bag of these Lay's cheddar and sour cream potato chips. Have you ever heard of them? I'm going to stick my head in the oven. I hadn't heard of them either. But I was at the Target Superstore the other day, and I just happened to be passing through their massive grocery department, and I saw an advertisement for these Lay's cheddar and sour cream flavored potato chips. Would you like to try one? My life is endless pain and suffering. I think it's delicious too. And we finished our Now stint. that we have <laughs> indulged ourselves in the Lay's cheddar and sour cream potato chips, we're ready to do the show. <laughs> I hate everything. 